Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 288 of the Fretzel Podcast. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. Sounding a little different this week because I'm on a different microphone. Yeah, I bet you didn't even notice, did you? <laughs> no one cares but myself. Uh, you are also joined by Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Way. Also sounding slightly different this week, but not because of a different microphone. Because my microphone is not on a stand, it's in my hand. Indeed. I because mean, that is part of my. I'm just going to tap the microphone, but that's part of the uh, clip that holds the microphone. And here's the other bit. Oh, is it like the, the shock mount clip? Yeah, you, it's the clip that comes with the, the mic, but it snapped in two. Oh, no. <laughs> and I don't have another one of these. I tried to glue it together, and all I've done is glue that so that that bit won't move forward and backwards anymore. <laughs> so you just made it worse. it didn't join the two bits together. So, no. And I don't know, like... I don't know what that's called. It's not a shock mount because I looked for shock mount ones. Yeah. So I don't know what it's called and I don't know how I would... Because this isn't going to fit in a normal microphone clip because it's four times the girth. Yeah, like... So for our listeners, it's kind of... Um, so you, like you stand a mic... You know what a microphone looks like. You know what like a dynamic microphone looks like. Kind of thin, pencil looking. This is probably about three times the diameter of that. I would say so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely not fitting in, into a Shure SM58 clip, is it? <laughs> oh, shit. I've just had to switch my clip over because this microphone, this is an SM57, uh, and I've switched over from a, an AKG C1000, uh, which has been my microphone for, gosh, this, we're talking, we're probably talking about 100 episodes, to 150, if no, even not more gonna say it was fairly early on that you changed to that one wasn't it well so i started off on the 57 and then i moved to the behringer b2 pro which was the slightly more feature packed one than the one that you're using now yeah uh and then i started having issues with that one so i switched over to the c1000 um and since that's just been fine because it's it sounds it sounds as good as the the Behringer, because I really, really like the response to the Behringer. Um, it's just the fact that it started to crackle, and I didn't know where I could go to get it repaired, so I just didn't. <laughs> and I've got I've got it down here somewhere. That it's it's in a. In fact, actually, I can see the box. I should get that repaired and like use that again because it's a really good microphone. Um, but yeah. I could probably do it myself actually because it's probably. Okay, if if it's crackling, it's probably like one of the wires has got like a little dry joint on it somewhere. Do a little reflow, sorted. But yep. it's scary that, isn't it? It's it's a little bit scary. Also, how do you take these microphones apart? Oh, they just unscrew. It's don't don't do it now, Matt, please. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the thought process. You're like, no, does he? Yeah. <laughs> I was looking and going, I know this bottom bit unscrews because that's how you get the mic clip off, but does the top unscrew? I assume the top unscrews from the bottom. Yeah, so it all, it all unscrews and then it comes out like in a cylinder. <laughs> I've, I have had I'm a look sure at it. That, that affects the sound quality if you do it mid-podcast. Oh, yes, it almost <laughs> certainly will. Um, I did want to mention, yeah. actually, there's a reason why I've, I've switched over to this this week, and it is because of one of our Patreon backers, Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast. 
Um, he keeps going on. Like the past couple of months, he's been going on about how um, SM57s with certain like foam um, foam cover sound exactly like SM7Bs, which are like the podcast microphone, the, the like the Joe Rogan mic, the ones that, that you see. That- that yeah, you know, as a professional podcaster. Yeah, quote unquote professional, and like they have those like the um like vertically mounted boom arms that are coming. I've not yeah. got that. I've got a, mic, a like standard mic stands. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I bought a little like a cheap cloud lifter, uh, and I'm using the the SM57. See if it works uh, to my ears because I, I do I monitor this as we do the podcast, and it sounds pretty crisp and nice it actually sounds a lot uh a lot tighter than the the condenser because the, the condenser picks up a lot so there's a lot of kind of bass frequencies that this is cutting out so i think i might actually have to eq this less to make it like nice and tight <laughs> and crisp so maybe i'm a convert who knows well you'll have to let me know because i've got a, a i don't know whether it's an s it's not an sm i think it's a p i think the the one basically is an SM58, but with a switch, which is a PG something. I think it's okay. PG58 or 48 or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got the same thing. So if it does sound incredible and gives makes you do less editing, I can always pick up the same um, cloud lifter and run the same thing as you. I mean, that would be the dream if we all had the same setup, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> like the wild variety in the different audio sources that I get every week and just get bombarded by. <laughs> Oh, this this audio is not the same as it was last week. What do I do? I mean, mine should be fairly consistent, but yeah, some of the other guys. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not going to throw any shade week. here, but there are <laughs> definitely week, two audio sources that are um, consistent. Definitely two. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Right, yeah. So let us know if this actually sounds pretty good because I think it does. I could like from what I can hear at the moment. Um, but like the last couple of podcasts as well, editing the podcast sounded like I've balanced all the levels out. It sounds great. I had to listen to it in the car, like do a quality test of it, and the the levels are just wildly out of whack. Like <laughs> a lot of the time, like one one audio is just far quieter than the rest. Yeah, like how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> but. Say levy. Like no one's complained, so it can't be that bad. It's just maybe me being paranoid or I don't know. But I, I do listen to it. My car audio is really, really not good. <laughs> um <laughs> it's really not good. So I I I've got like a little Bluetooth um radio transmitter. Yep, I've got exactly the same in the van. Um and <laughs> It's been fine for the last maybe two years up until about three weeks ago. And now it's picking up interference through every time I break. (laughs) So there's like a horrible like ticking sound. There's a... (laughs) So we've got the horrible ticking sound. And when you start the car as well, there's (laughs) like a, a horrible whining as well. I mean, I I don't have that issue with mine. Like, mine is clearly not the best output for the FM transmitter part of it because if I listen to the radio, I listen to it on about 12. 
on the volume. If I listen to something through the transmitter, I listen to it on 30. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the volume is... Yeah, part of the reason why it's picking up so much uh, interference is because I am cranking the bollocks off the yeah. uh, off the radio. Yeah, but yeah, that's... yeah. I mean, unless you have a modern car where you can just attach your phone to the car digitally through Bluetooth... You have to come up with these solutions. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've tried uh, running it through an AUX cable as well, thinking, surely that's going to be better. Is it bollocks? (laughs) Yeah. No, and, like, you get the issue of if you buy an iPhone, you don't have an AUX in. And to be fair, Samsung are the same now. It's all just um, USB-C in it, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, I I purposefully chose my old phone because it still has, like, a 3.5 mil jack. My uh, my newest one. I was just there was no way that I was I was continuing on with that with for another generation. So I just I bit the bullet and went. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the Google Pixel because at least the camera's good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we at. So I think we should we should probably pontificate. I mean, we've already we've already we're like ten minutes into a podcast and we've not <laughs> we've not <laughs> spoken about anything really. <laughs> But this, that is never. the beauty of us. Us never. Nah, can't be right. Us tangents. No, no. <laughs> I'll show you none of it. Um, yeah, I've I've done some stuff this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us take us away because uh, just of the sheer breadth of it. Like I mentioned <laughs> on the last podcast, that I have been like balls to the wall for this last week because I'm going on holiday next week, uh, and because of that, I've had to record. Six no talk alternatives in the space of two weeks. Yeah, and ironically, next week is last week for the listener. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this this is like another part of this absolute shit of a week for me um, is the fact that this is the second podcast within one week. So we recorded yeah. two eighty seven on the Tuesday, and this is now the Thursday, and we're recording two eighty eight. I know look, there are some podcasts that do that though. They like record on like on one night they'll record two or three podcasts and then yeah. just have a, a month off essentially. Yeah, we we don't do that. No, we're not that clever. Well, because we've unfortunately positioned ourselves in a way that we talk about like guitar news, which has to be relevant. Do we though? Um, do we actually? I mean, the last podcast we finally got round to the Black Star stuff. So, oh, did we? We did. <laughs> so, yeah, we talk about all of that modern cutting edge guitar news that's three weeks old. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, so I, um, I've done some stuff. I, we'll talk about some of the the videos. Last Friday for this one will have been the Sonic Cake. No, not the Sonic Cake. The I set Cube Baby. Um, I think a few companies do this one. I think Cuvave do the Cube Baby as well, and there's an- another couple of them. It's it's a really interesting unit. So it's um, a little bit like the Twiggy Blues that are um, reviewed. Some, oh, it's like a fly rig, almost. Yeah. However, it's shorter, so it's, it's still got like three foot switches but it's shorter it's also got a built-in 
um, battery. So it's essentially like a really ideal travel rig. Um, but it also, you can go through as well. So you've got like a quarter-inch jack input. You've got a quarter-inch jack output, which works as like your headphone output. But feasibly, you could run that into a desk or run it into the front end of an amp and like take all of the IR stuff off and just okay. use that as your like fly rig. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, the, the, I think the interface for the, the effects is not intuitive enough for you to use it as a fly rig. Uh, like, it's got, it's basically broke up into three sections. You've got, like, your amp section, you've got effects section, and then you've got the output section. So your amps are like you've got like a little rotary dial, and it gives you like nine different amps, ranging from like various cleans to like slightly rockier crunch tones to like metal tones and whatnot. Um, that's all pretty self-explanatory. Um, they work really well with the end section, which has got a reverb and selectable IRs. So you you dial in the amp to work with the IR that you've got. And it, it can sound, um, it sounds, I'm not going to say it sounds incredible because it doesn't, but it sounds good enough to um, to jam along with. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the, the middle section, which has got like uh, delays and it's got a modulation as well. Like I think it's a bit like the, um, the old spider amps where you've got like a, a rotary that changes halfway through you. So you've got like, phaser and then halfway through it turns into chorus or something so it's got it's got tones within it um very much if you were going on a like a trip and you wanted to practice guitar but you didn't want to lug shit loads of stuff around with you this would be ideal because you take this and then you could plug that in and like have uh, I think there's a way of running some audio through it as well, so you get a backing track. Jam along with that sound. And it's intuitive enough that you could dial in a... Like, you could get one of the tones dialed into a point where you like it and then have a nice yeah. practice with it. The fact that it's, like, battery-powered is, like, you're not having to run shed loads of cables, yeah, which yeah. is fantastic for that kind of thing. And it's charged by USB-C, I think. So, Which is another positive, because most people have got a USB charger plugged in already, so you don't have to dig out the charger for it, find it, yeah, work out which of the 97 cables that you've got in this box is the right one for this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, you can play it while it's charging as well, so there's that. and You've got that option as well, then. Yeah, and... You bring in a USB-C. Like, if you've got an Android phone, you bring in a USB-C anyway. So, yeah, why not? So, yeah, it's it like, it, it come across as a really ideal um, travel rig solution. But it's obviously not going to be as high quality as stuff like the Waza Airs or, um, or like the um, Katana Air, stuff like that. 
But I assume it's not in the same price bracket as those. It's definitely, I think they're about 40 or 50 quid. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, so like, if you if you want to go crazy money, because the Wazza Reds are like 300 quid, aren't they? Something like that. 450 they were when they were new. Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I said at the time. And everyone's like, oh no, these sound incredible. And I'm like, it's 450 quid for a fucking pair of headphones. Yeah, pretty much. So, like, you, it's not 10 times less good than the, the Wazza Airs. So you just, and, and to me, it's only pretty, pretty fucking decent. So I, I was, I was cool with that one. Um, and then next, next week or this week coming up, uh, there's a pedal that I don't know whether it's good or not. <laughs> um, I had fun playing it, but I, I'm waiting for Matt's judgment on this one because Matt is a bit of a connoisseur of the uh, the octave. And yeah, I mean, like it's one of the few effects that I care about. That's not a drive pedal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah. So the uh, yeah. look, Sonic Cake were nice enough to send me through the uh, the Octaver, which was very kind of them, um, and it sound like it makes octave sounds, and I think it sounds good. Um, it doesn't track particularly well when you're doing anything other than single notes, but that's a quirk that you talk quite commonly about with the OC two. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, the the OC two definitely doesn't do chords at all. It kind of like if you play a chord, it'll just it'll pick one thing that it tries to focus on and then jump around. And you were saying before the cast that that's pretty much what this does as well with multiple notes. So I think it has to be a polyphonic octave. I think that's why the pog is like kind of talked about because I think if it's polyphonic, it'll do multiple yeah notes at the same time, whereas most analog. Um, Octavers don't, so yeah, the the OC two definitely doesn't, and but it definitely to my ear sounds a lot better than a lot of the, like people raved over the OC five, and the initial video from Boss on the OC five, I <laughs> thought it was a chorus pedal because it didn't sound like it was in tune to me. Um, I I don't know whether it was just I was watching it on four G and maybe the fps had dropped and that made it sound out of tune but i don't think that was the case no. i think it was just i yeah i don't know but certainly the oc2 for me is the the kind of sound to go for and there was um i can't remember what there was a cheap one a long time ago that that did it very well as well and i can't even remember what that was now yeah because obviously you, you had the the, the moor one that was a pog but there was one other one that was basically an, an oc2 that was in a small box as well, and that got stopped as well. It certainly isn't made anymore. Yeah, the 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 other one that I know of the um, the Moors was the uh, it weren't the tender octave; it was the pure octave, and that was based yeah. on the OC three. And that one pretty much universally gets slated. <laughs> yeah, I've had one of those. That that wasn't good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, bought one of those because I was like, it, it's got the like it, it'll do two down, one down, yeah, one two up. down, one up. What two down, two up? Like it'll, it'll like do any combinations of d- up to two down and up to two up. Yeah, but like, yeah, it, no. <laughs> I mean, I had one uh, at the very, very start of the budget pedal chap channel just to see what it was about. But again, I ran into the same problem that 
not quite sure what a good octave is supposed to sound like. Uh, and it it seemed to track pretty well, and I think it did polyphonic a bit better than this one does. But I've got a sneaking suspicion that this one's got that mojo that the OC2 has got people love. Yeah, and, and to be fair, like I'm very much in the octave down camp, and there's a definite split in the world of people who like octave pedals as to whether octave down or octave up is better. And yeah. I like the interesting sounds you can get with octave down that are not synthy but not guitar-y. They kind of like sit partway in that kind of mix. You can get away with playing a synth line or you can get away with playing a guitar line and they yeah. both kind of work as their own thing. Whereas yeah, you... a lot of guitarists are going for sort of like a certain synth sound when they use synth uh, octave pedals. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got synth pedals these days to do that if you really need to. Um, yeah. I, I get you what you mean. It's got like a almost like a raspy quality to the uh, to the guitar tone. Like it adds that kind of raspy um, texture to your initial guitar tone. Um, like it's very reminiscent of like that kind of middle era of the White Stripes. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like the first, the first thing I think of when I think of the the kind of octave pedals I like are is the the kind of the solo of. Um, uh, fucking what's that one song that one white stripe song that everyone knows oh, Seven yeah. Nation Army Seven Nation yeah yeah and like I know the whole thing is played on an octave down but like the, when when he kicks in the fuzz into that for the for the solo and you've kind of got the I know he's got a um, whammy isn't slide he? as well I, th- I thought his was used on a whammy like with a drop tuner I've, I haven't got a clue what he was using but like there's a there's a slide like he's playing yeah. the guitar with a slide and yeah it, pro- it probably is a whammy but like again it's it's that kind of like octave down sound kind of yeah just I mean I'd I, I like both uh, but I, I'm very much in the camp of um, analog octave up that kind of octave up that fucks up a bit it's not quite yeah. perfect. Yeah, that, I think that's that's got a really like a characterful sound. The kind of stuff that you tend to find with fuzz pedals, where it kind of thins everything out, but you get that kind of it, almost along the same lines of like out of phase pickups, where you're getting that kind of screaming overtone thing going yeah. on, without the hassle of having to have <laughs> pickups out of phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, but. I need some feedback on that one. So uh, any uh, any comments would be muchly appreciated. I will definitely just, check just, that one out because I just don't know. <laughs> just don't know if it's any good. <laughs> I'll try and help you out. <laughs> Indeed. And then I've got my final one, uh, which will be um, airing on my the last day of my holiday. I think is uh, a listener choice. I think it was John Boy who asked for this one, uh, and it's a shootout between the. K-Line Nasty Bear and the TC Electronics Rusty Fuzz which like who doesn't want a fuzz off no, I think here's me putting my uh, my opinion down right now I think the one that you think would win is going to have a lot harder of a time than you'd think really? Mm, yeah yeah good to know but I'm 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 going to leave that leave that there because I don't I, I, I tend not to throw my opinions in on the uh, the verses because I don't want to I don't want to influence the vote too much. I like to see 
Because I think, like, a lot of the time, I think I'll be able to, to kind of guess where this goes. And I'd, I'd say it's probably 60, 70% accurate. But then there are some times where it's like, what? Hang on. <laughs> like the last, the last, uh, no talk of time versus the K line green mamba I thought would absolutely storm it. But the, uh, the vintage overdrive one. Well, I, I mean, I, I personally think that the reason that the, the vintage overdrive one is because it has a community of people behind it yeah and they're the kind of people that are going to be subscribed to your channel i think if they if people were looking at the two pet or the sounds that the two pedals made just within that video i don't think they'd have picked the joyo yeah mind you there were some people who were not fully justifying their uh their opinions saying no i really like how the the vintage overdrive does the classic tube screamer thing really well I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Like, it is. It's all personal choice. But I thought that the the green member would would absolutely walk that one, and it mm. didn't. It was quite a close knit fight. Yeah, so I think that's that's me for this week. Matt, you you uh played a gig, didn't you? I did. I did a gig, and that meant I got to use the Nick Johnston at gig volume for the first time. And yes. oh boy. It's even better than I thought it was. I know all I've done for the last month and a half is talk about this guitar, but like <laughs> this was the first time I've played it in anger at a proper volume. Like I know I said I did a practice, but I practice with the the Origin on about three, so it's very different to practicing with the Vox on five. <laughs> you know, sorry, to play in the gig with the Vox on five, and like we're in a fairly decent sized venue because it was a. 50th birthday I think so there's like 200 people there mm-hmm. um, and you know it's a decent sized room so you got to crank up a bit and just oh my god this sounds incredible like I'd, I'd spoken briefly about how the pickups weren't quite as a, like the sound in my head but they were close enough that I didn't know whether I was going to change them out or not I'm absolutely yeah. not changing them absolutely <laughs> don't need to change them at gig volume if you roll that tone off just a little bit probably like between eight and nine on the tone control um just it's the absolute sweet spot you can use that bridge pickup it doesn't sound too horrible you can use the neck pickup and you cut like you're still cutting through the mix you're not getting muddy and it yeah it just like literally we did we did a sound check and i messaged the guys in the group chat going i'm fucking i'm in love i've just <laughs> uh, this is the sound this is that sound yeah and yeah just absolutely fucking loved it I, i'm using the middle pickup on a stratocaster for the first time ever like I'm actually using a middle pickup for songs and yeah, unsung hero. It? it really is. It really is. Like people never talk about the middle pickup on a track. Everybody is either like out of phase neck pickup or a little bit of bridge. No one ever talks about the the, the middle pickup. And yeah, yeah, I'm, I think I'm just because it's so hard to get the <laughs> like three in. <laughs> you just got a little bit careful, but like yeah, I know it's doing things like using the volume control to clean things up a little bit and whoa, 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 whoa. using like changing pickup, changing pickup selections mid song. And I never do any of this shit, but I like, I knew exactly what I needed to do for the different sounds between verses and choruses with the guitar. And it was just, it, it was all just like, I was playing like a proper guitarist as opposed to, uh, like a, a bedroom player who gets all of his sound through pedals <laughs> to the point where, Apart from the songs where I needed either the octave sound or the chorus sound, 
and a couple of songs where I turned the M5 into an EQ pedal so that I could make it sound a little bit like a humbucker so I didn't have to change the guitar. I only used the hot cake and the Anteras for the entire gig. Now, normally, I've, I also use the Honey Burst as a clean, cleaner boost than the, the Anteras. Mm. Um, I also use a fuzz pedal occasionally. I tend to like have different reverb settings on two different reverb pedals. And I just I, I was just lost in the sound of the guitar to the point where like eighty percent of the gig was just done with with the the hot cake and a little bit of adding the the Anteras to give it a lead boost every now and again. I mean, welcome to my world. <laughs> this is what I've been doing for pretty much since I started the band is is that like eighty percent of the night is on just just the Variax mode. Uh, sorry, the uh, the magnetic pickups on the Variax. And just using it the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And and the, the other thing is, I, I mentioned this before the cast as well, I snapped a string five songs before the end. Now, bearing in mind, <laughs> I haven't changed the strings since the guitar was sent to me. I don't know how old those strings were. I don't know what type of strings those were. I know they were tens. That's all I know about them. Like, if, if they were, they, they didn't feel coated. So, I mean, I'm not too shocked because I'm a sweaty bastard and my sweat is really corrosive. So, I'm not yeah. surprised that I snapped. So, I snapped the D string, which is not the first thing you, string you'd think would go. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even in a solo I was playing a chord it's just the weirdest thing but I snapped a string and like I managed to mid-song change guitars tune the Les Paul that I had restrung earlier in the day and then not restrung when I had it as a backup at the gig so I had to I had to literally do that um, during the chorus of a song because I play the riff in the verse and if I'm not there playing the riff it's it's a bit where we come up, come back and all that's playing is the riff. So there would have just been silence if I wasn't there. <laughs> the riff is on the G and the D string, so I couldn't do it on the Nick Johnston because I didn't have a D string. <laughs> so I was like, like literally slammed it down as the chorus started, picked up the Les Paul, tuned two strings, played the riff that went back into the chorus, <laughs> tuned the rest of the guitars, like one of these panic things. But it just meant that, like, for the rest of the gig, I was mildly disappointed that I had to put the Nick Johnston down. It's like I've just picked up a more expensive guitar that is, it, like, had so much work put into it by Andy, and it, like, sounds incredible. And I will use it, like, properly next time. I won't just continue to play the Nick Johnston even when I need, yeah. you know, a, a thicker sound. But get, it just it took the edge of the gig because I was like I had to put it down. Yeah, put like get some coated strings on that and right, have a have a good yeah. one next to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you can see behind me about here. I've I've got now got another three sets of. Yeah. In fact, I've I've got another four sets because that's a I think that's a three a, a box three, of three. That's yeah, another one. I've still got the two left over from Christmas. I haven't changed the strings on the Variax still. <laughs> Come on now. I'm kind of kind of tempted just to see how long they'll last. <laughs> but I, I know I probably should. Um Yeah. And I'm I've been weighing up this week as well, trying to figure out like what my next move will be. Because I, I I do like the Variax, don't get me wrong. I think like it plays incredibly and those magnetic pickups sound amazing. Even the Variax mode sound amazing. Um but I don't want to charge a guitar. 
I just don't <laughs> want to. Easy bastard. <laughs> yeah, this is why I don't play active pickups. Well, one of the many reasons I don't play active pickups. I was going to say, there's definitely other reasons that you don't play active pickups. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm kind of... I'm auditioning a successor for my Variax. Um, and whichever one wins, we'll get a set of code strings. Because I use tens across the board, so... Like, they're fine, they'll sort me out. Um, and I used the Strat Hotelli this week, which is a guitar that I forgot I owned. <laughs> um... <laughs> That that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Though? It does. It tells you all you need to know. So for those who... Because uh, I haven't mentioned this in a while, so it's worth recapping on it. It's basically like a telly body with a, a Strat scratch plate, Strat trem system, uh, Strat style neck. So it, it sounds and plays like a Strat, but has the body of a telly. Um, the body of the telly, if it were... <laughs> A Les Paul, basically. <laughs> it's really thick and it's it weighs a fucking ton. It's it's yeah. Swamp Ash, I believe. Um so it sounds like a tele. Like it sounds like a fender. It does it's not yeah. like really warm and thick sounding. It sounds really good. And it's got a set of I think um Fletcher Alnico twos in it. So it's say like it sounds phenomenal. Uh, but the reason I, I bought it out is because it's, it's got a, a slightly different thing going on with the wiring. So it's got the Fez Parker mod, which is basically, so your volume is your, your volume. The furthest away tone is a master tone. And then the tone that is usually like the neck pickup tone isn't a tone anymore. It's a blend pop. And what it does on... The neck or the the bridge pickup, it will blend in the other one. Yeah. Um, and then on the position two and four, it blends in the one that isn't in. Yeah. Um, and in the middle, it does nothing. Uh, so you basically, you've, you've got the ability to make the thinness of your bridge thicker by blending in some neck. You can add a bit more kind of chunk to the neck by add, like adding a little bit of bridge. Yeah. Or if you go on position two or four, you can just get the biggest sound possible. <laughs> yeah, I thought, pickups. yeah, I thought this, this is a fantastic solution to me who doesn't want to... <laughs> like, I want some versatility. I basically want an HSS strat, as we've, we've mentioned multiple times. But I thought this would be like a nice... This would be like a, a quirky way of doing things, wouldn't it? Um, it's too heavy. It's just like <laughs> let's just put it that out there. Now. It's too it heavy. A ton. Yeah, it's too heavy. <laughs> like I, I'm not going to be playing that for an entire gig because I would need a chiropractor. Um, <laughs> but the proof of concept is pretty good. Like the the pickup set that's in that and the the switching system sound look phenomenal. I mean, in theory, don't you own many strats? If that was your solution, could you not take the scratch plate off that, unsolder the, I assume, unsolder the um, the jack socket, do the same with a different strat, and then swap the scratch plates over, and then you've got a lighter guitar with the Fez Parker mod? Oh, yeah, I, I could do that. Um, I'm not not going to do that, because the Stratotelli's aesthetic is really... It's on point. on point. I don't want to. I don't want to mess with that because 
like you see the wood grain of the body. The um, the scratch plate is also made out of wood, like a darker wood. So oh, you've got the yeah. wood grain. I'd out. forgotten it wasn't a rosewood. It was the, it was the one thing. It was back when you were doing everything rosewood, and it was the one thing that wasn't rosewood. <laughs> yeah, and and the the pickups themselves were like wood topped as well. Yeah. So it's like this beautiful, like natural looking wooden guitar. It's amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'd happily have it as a backup at a gig because I could do half a set with it. Yeah. But I don't think I'd be able to do a full set, <laughs> especially <laughs> if I'm doing like the the second set where I'm like throwing the guitar behind my head. Yeah. Uh, that I could Just knock yourself out on the way past. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine I'd get concussion definitely. But. Yeah, it's like the proof of concept. I think it it's actually pretty pretty wicked. Um, so, like, we might be talking some some headway there. There might there might be some legs with that idea. Well, who Thanks. knows? Well, I think we, it's I've I've managed to put it off for long enough, haven't I? You, you've got <laughs> you've got a little surprise this week. So. I'll just uh, kind of preface this. Uh, we're not doing a hot take this week because like we've recorded uh, a week in advance, so we won't know the results of last hot, the last hot take. Um, and Matt, very graciously, like I, I posted in our little group chat how much, like just how stressed I was this week with the amount of stuff that I needed <laughs> to do. And Matt, like an absolute boss, stepped in and says, I've got you back. I'll, I'll sort some stuff out for the podcast. Don't worry, I, I've got this bit covered. So I'm eternally grateful to, for this until... <laughs> like, <laughs> until I told you what I had yeah, planned. <laughs> like 20 minutes before we started podcasting and you went, so, yeah. So, yeah. Let us so I'll, I'll take over at this point and say that uh, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap here has just hit 2,000 subscribers on the YouTubes. I assume Ooh. that was that just before the last one you recorded? It was the weekend, wasn't it? Uh, so the last one, yeah, I, I would have I'm just over two k, uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah, like definitely before uh, two eight six, definitely before yeah. that. So you so you've hit two thousand, which is you, you know it's not quite the same milestone that one thousand is, but it's kind yeah. of coincided with you hitting the the watch time that allows you to do things like release your uh, join the partner program and release your merch and stuff. Yeah. So you, it's kind of a significant time for the Budget Pedal Chat brand. So I thought we'd do a quiz on the Budget Pedal Chat brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to so, see how much you know about your own brand. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not too in depth. It's just it's just a little fun, um, and it's it's not too stressful. It's mostly about no talk or tone. Oh, I, so I, I know a fair bit about that. You know, you know a fair bit about that. So we're going to start Maybe. with question one. Okay. <laughs> and question one is, how many single no-talk-all tones are incorrectly in the no-talk-all-tone versus playlist on your YouTube channel? There's one. <laughs> so how many no-talk-all tones on, a, on one pedal are incorrectly in oh, the no-talk-all-tone in... <laughs> versus playlist on your channel? I mean, this is news to me. This is, I mean, this is YouTube doing me over. Uh, I don't think there'll be many. Um uh, I'm going to go with maybe four. It's less than that. It's just one. Oh. And I'd now like you to name or guess what the pedal is. Oh, fuck. Can I, can I get a, a clue on this one? Uh, the clue is you released it this calendar year. Okay. Okay. 
So, like, 2023? This calendar year, 2023. Oh, shit. Okay, so... Uh, I'm going to go with a green Mamba Overdrive. I'm afraid not. It's a pedal that you could technically, I suppose, put in the Dotalkal Tone Versus if you did the left it, side and the right side. It's is it the dual gun? gun? <laughs> the dual gun has some, somehow made its way into the Dotalkal Tone Versus. Right, I'll get on that. By the time this is out, <laughs> it won't be. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Right. Question number two. What are the most featured pedals in the No Talk All Tone Versus playlist? What like what type of pedal? No, the the pedals that are in there more than once against more than one pedal. <laughs> which which? So um, I'll give you a clue for this one. It's only stuff in the playlists. The one where you did the same No Talk All Tone Versus twice because one of them was in the playlist is not in, <laughs> one of those isn't included. Oh uh, yeah, so I was going to say that. There are four pedals that are in there. Do you know how, how often would, Probably make, would make it the most? I'm thinking maybe three or four times. It's not. It's Most of the stuff in that playlist, all the pedals are only in there once. So there's four pedals that are in there twice. Okay. Can you name any of them? I, I assume you can definitely name Well, three. I know the, the Rusty sure. Fuzz is definitely in there because I've done that versus the Kuvave and the um, SF300. Yep. So that's definitely in there. Uh, the Vintage Overdrive has definitely featured twice. Yep. The Sweet Baby's featured twice. That's not there twice in the playlist, which means you've got stuff that's not in the playlist. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah. Um, I think so that... has to be in the playlist for this because I'm not searching through your entire channel in your lunch break. <laughs> yeah, so I think that, that one features twice because I, I accidentally um, filmed the same video twice <laughs> <laughs> on two separate... Okay, I think it was like six months apart and I accidentally <laughs> recorded the same thing twice. And the results were different as well. Mental. <laughs> um, so if it's not that, the DS1? Nope. That not come up. Okay. Um, oi. Oi, oi, oi. The um, Mosky Spring Reverb. Nope. Did that not? I, I, like I say, I'm just going on the playlist. So okay. it could be you've got you may you may have quite a few no talk tone verses that are not in that playlist. I, did I not do the the Musky Spring Reverb um, versus the the Barnell and versus the uh, Sonic Cake Reverb Digital Reverb? Uh, the one I noticed was the Sonic Cake Digital Reverb. I'm pretty sure. So I went through this in my lunch lunch hour today. Okay, yeah. and I'm pretty sure it was only in there once because I was surprised because I thought that would be at least duplicated. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, is the American sound in there twice? Nope. Which again, I was shocked because I was like, surely you've done that against all of the other ones that are the same? <laughs> no, I haven't yet. So you've given me some some ideas here. So I've got I've, so, I've got a solid two there. Yeah, so the other two that you missed. Yeah. Dark Matter's in there twice. Of course it is because I, I tried to make that a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And the other one, you mentioned one of the things that you put it up against, which was the DS1. It's the SD1, the Super Overdrive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Twice. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. L like, you, you got me on that one, legit. Next one's a really difficult question to answer. I, I, I'm going to give you five either side. How many videos are on the Budget Pedal Chat channel? Oh, on, on the entire channel? I can tell you how many no talk or tones there are. It's something like 156. 
I'm going for total videos on the channel. Uh, so if we include that, I, I'm going to say it's close to about 210. You are way out. There are 262 videos live, not including the three that you've got scheduled. <laughs> Fuck me. I've been a busy boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the No Talk or Tone currently sits at about 150, 160 videos. Because it tells me every time I like put that into the playlist. Yep. So I think it's about 162, I think. Mm. And my next question is, what was the first pedal in the No, no oh, Talk All Tone series? Piece of piss. Mosky uh, Deluxe preamp. Yes, it was. It was, because that's uh, currently still, between that and the Mojo Mojo, those are the, the highest ranking um, No Talk All Tones. Which was going to be my next question, is what are the two uh, pedals in the No Talk All Tone series with the most views? There you go. Yeah, they, <laughs> Do you they, know how many views they've got? Uh, they're around 11k at the moment, I think. Something like that. They are both over 13k now. Oh, okay. Nice. Because they, they fight each other. Like, they'll go through seasons <laughs> and occasionally the Mojo will pip it and then uh, the the Mosky Deluxe. But the, the like to be fair to the Mojo, the Mosky was the first one, so it's had more time yeah. on like the channel. <laughs> It has, yeah. So they've they've had about thirteen k views. Um, I can't see which ones had more because it's just rounds at thirteen. Yeah, it just rounds it. Both of it? them. Do you know which uh, No Talk All Tone has uh, versus has the most views though? Um, no. Could <laughs> <laughs> uh, you hazard a guess? Yeah, I will hazard a guess. I think it's probably. The one with the demon effects, um, Prince of Sounds. No, is it? Think not? in li- think in line with the the no talk all tones. What might? If, oh, if Mojo Mojo is it, oh, it's Mojo Mojo versus Mojo Mojo uh, Purple, isn't it? It is. Yes, it is. How, how many views would you guess that that had had? I'd probably go five or six k something like that. No, when it's only got two two point six k. Oh, it's 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 relatively new though, isn't it? It's, it's a baby. Yeah, I was say, it's, it's was that September-ish time last year? I would guess. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I I did it almost as soon as I got the the Mojo Mojo Paul Gilbert edition. <laughs> yep. So you've had the first eight questions, and I I was kind and left <laughs> them on the on the YouTube channel. But obviously, the brand is older than the YouTube channel because you became the budget pedal chap on Instagram. I did. Before that, can you tell me what month and year you started the Budget Pedal Chap Instagram? Probably September 2016. It was earlier in the year. It was January 2016. Oh, there you go. And your final question on the Budget Pedal Chap brand. What pedal featured in your first Instagram post? <laughs> I think, if I'm not mistaken, was it like the um, Moore Ensemble King or something like that? It was. It that was, was not quite close to the. I believe that was in one of the like the first like fifteen of your posts were just like photos of pedals. Um, and yeah, they were they're like I would I reckon ten of them were mini pedals, so that would have been in in there. Yeah, but this is not a mini pedal. Uh, is it the Mojo Mojo? 
it, it is not. It should have been. It should have been, but it it's should not. Have been. It was actually Edward the Compressor. No, nice. it, it was the Marshal Edward the Compressor, and you added Marshal and said something along the lines of, "This is kind of like an always-on pedal; it just makes everything sound great." Yeah, and that I stand by that to this day. It's still on my board. I I gig with that. So <laughs> well, there you go. So nine years down the line, you're still using it. In, indeed, and it's still going strong as well. Still going strong. So, oh, what a, what a trip down memory lane. <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's a kind of like brief overview of the budget pedal chat brand from where it all started, right oh. the way through to the no talk or tone, which is kind of what's got you, what got the ball rolling really with the YouTube channel, isn't it? Yeah, it's where where it all started finding its feet really, because. It was, like, before that, there were videos going up on the channel and there was, like, guitar tuition stuff and a, a little bit of, like, vloggy stuff. But it never there, there was never really consistency with it and it was never really... There was never really a through line with it all. Um, and then I I realised I had shed loads of pedals. Why not demo them? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad idea and it's it's working for you. Yeah, and I, I'd followed the... Um, the like what I'd been hearing in forums where people go, oh, why don't they just get to the the playing? Yeah, like, well, that's that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll do exactly <laughs> we'll do that. that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's where it was born. And there's been imitators since. There's there's been a few um, guitar channels that have done something like something suspiciously similar to the the name <laughs> No Talk or Tone, um, but. No one's ever pre- really. In fact, I'm pretty sure I have seen a UK brand shop using the phrase "no talk, just tone." The bastards! <laughs> I'll get them. So you want to get? Yeah, you want to be getting after them? I'll let you know who it is after the uh, podcast. Yeah, I mean, there there may be imitators, but they will never be the one true original, will they? As um, they said in that horrible terrible movie uh the oh what was it the interview they hate us because they ain't us <laughs> fuck like that's that's about as much of that movie as ever needs to be quoted absolutely yeah that's that really, the, one, that's the one that didn't even get released at the start of it didn't it they banned it from cinemas and stuff yeah yeah they mentioned it on the um um motcu and I enjoyed that episode more than I ever would the movie. So, <laughs> like, there you go. That's the positive the, from it. Doing the Lord's work, aren't they? <laughs> the uh, MOTCU lot. That is absolutely fighting the good fight. Right. So, our next segment, which will pretty much take us to the end. Um, by the time this is out, the Birmingham Guitar Show will have happened, but we like, clearly haven't been there yet because it's not happened for us. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll actually st- still be in Birmingham when this podcast releases. You poor bastard! <laughs> <laughs> like the last two weeks, we've been sucking Birmingham's dick, going, "Oh, the greatest <laughs> music ever was produced here, and like, metal wouldn't be the same." <laughs> but that, that's Britain for you, Lace. That's Britain. <laughs> yeah, we're both vehemently back everything about ourselves and also 
criticise it at every opportunity. Yeah, like insist that our <laughs> town is the shit, like the absolute <laughs> shittest place. But that's that's how we work. I mean, we do that with our friends though as well. Oh, absolutely. You, you know that you you've got a re like a really good friend when. Like you introduce each other. Oh yeah, that that right cunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that that but... is that's how we deal with emotions because we like we don't tell each other that we actually care about each other. <laughs> no, we indicate it in ways which to foreigners seem incredibly weird. <laughs> yeah, like incredibly <laughs> rude. Yeah. Oh my gosh, why are you two not fighting at the moment? What you, you heard what he called you. Yeah. yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell him a bit dearman, come on. <laughs> he's my mate. <laughs> yeah, he's a right cock end. <laughs> but that is the British way. It's, yeah, it's uh, an impenetrable social uh, hierarchy kind of, <laughs> I don't know, like social etiquette, isn't it, that you, you just don't understand. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like... We sometimes struggle to understand ourselves, so yeah. other people who haven't been around it for 35 years also are going to really struggle to understand. Yeah, it, it, it seems incredibly hostile, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so Birmingham Guitar Show is it has happened or is happening, depending on uh, like which point in time you are. <laughs> By the time this comes out, it will have happened, and we will... We'll be reporting back on it next podcast, I assume. We'll we'll be talking about all of the great things. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, so for me, it's the first first guitar show I'll, I'll have ever been to, so it'll be a big focus of what I've been up to because never done anything like this before, and I'm really excited. Oh yeah, and um, not meaning to be biased, but it is the best one. Like <laughs> hands down. I've been to a few of the the UK ones, and the like a couple of the London ones feel less personal because it's like a like a much bigger space. Yeah. Um and I don't know. Like the there's a they they strike a really good balance with the, the Birmingham one where it's quaint enough to feel like a community. Um but you you'll have like last last time I was there, I was playing at the um the Maybury stand. No, I was getting into it. The guitar was really nice, and like the the setup I was playing through was pretty cool. Um, and I was I was sitting there, and I noticed that like everyone around me had their back turned. Like my playing must be really fucking <laughs> shit today. Um, and then I caught a glimpse, and it was Pete Honoray, who was literally <laughs> on the stand opposite me. I was like, "Well, that'll be fucking ah. why, won't it? <laughs> that'll <Yeah>. be why." <laughs> uh, yeah, and. Like we mentioned before the cast that um, you've got to be looking out for Patrick Eggel. And he just, he will wonder about. Yeah, well, I mean, like, it wasn't so much him per se. It's just Bimson has talked about the Patrick Eggel. Is it a Patrick Eggel guitar that he's got or one of the brands that he yeah. started that he's got a guitar of? And I know it's like the, the, so I basically pulled up a list of all of the exhibitors at the guitar show, and it's definitely not all of them, because there are people that I know that are going to be exhibiting that are not mentioned in this list. Yeah. But um, 
the, the very first thing was Patrick Egan. I was like, oh, I'll actually see whether Bimson knows what you're talking about or not. I'll go and play one of his guitars. <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B, isn't there? Um, yeah. But yeah, so like, that's one of the, like, I mean, I'm looking, I'm going to be there both days. I know you and Josh and Ollie are coming down for Sunday. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously I've got, I, th- I think my flight lands just before 12 on the Saturday, which means I should be there for about one o'clock on the Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I'll just wander around and like try some, some bits and bobs out so that, you know, anything that I really want to go and find, I'll make sure I find it on the Saturday so that I've got the Sunday to spend with you guys. And um, Yeah. Oh, you, you, you can be at Sherpa through the, the forest of uh, <laughs> <laughs> guitar yeah. tone. Yeah. But yeah, so like, the the of the I I went through a quick run through kind of the the thing. So Patrick Eggle is one I want to go and try. Yeah. Reverend are there, and I've never played a Reverend, and everybody oh, raves over. Yeah, you're in for a treat. I I didn't want to like them because of the amount of uh, smoke that's blown up their ass via certain like figureheads within the like demoing community. Yeah. There was a lot of like hype around them through a bunch of people who I felt were probably being paid to put the hype around them. Yeah. So I was like, actually. I I really don't want to like these. Um, but it, it was when we were doing the um, the uh, Waza Airs when they came out at the the Brum Guitar Show. Like they'd been out for like a couple of months and you couldn't get them anywhere. Yeah. But, um, Matt Knight had a stand uh, with Boss. And I got to try them. And he just handed me this single pickup, um, like Reverend. It was like a weird offset thing. Yeah. Here you go. Um, and it was fucking amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. And, so he borrowed that, actually. He borrowed it from the, the Reverend stand and then ended up buying it <laughs> because it was that good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, like I say, I'm in for a treat with that. Obviously, I've never met any of the guys that kind of I've interacted with the local. So, like, I want to go and check check out Fletcher um, and Matt Loxley. You said they they normally do a stand together. They do. Obviously, I've chatted to Matt a few times in groups that I've been in. I've got Fletcher pickups, so it'd be great to meet him. Um, Stuart Tate will be there, and obviously, I've got most of his catalog. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be nice to actually finally meet him. Um, I don't know. I don't think. Uh, Hello, Sailor Joe's there because I think he's still out. Um, yeah. So that, I, don't, I don't know whether he normally kind of exhibits, but usually he's at these kind of shows. But uh, he he does the ones down south. He tends to come as a punter with the uh, to the Brom one. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I don't think he's. I'll send him a message quickly in case he is. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, I don't think he is. But um, certainly, like then the likes of Maybury as well, like. Yeah. Obviously, yourself and a couple of other people have talked about the Maybury guitars, so yeah, yeah, want yeah. to check them out. Um, and yeah, what was the, there was something else that was in here that I really wanted to check out. I, I need to sorry, sorry, I'm just scrolling through the list, list, waiting for the thing to hit me in the face again. Um, oh yeah, I want to see what this like. Lee always talks about fucking Strandberg. I've never <laughs> even seen one, and oh. they're there, so let's go and try one. Oh, you won't like it at all. I, <laughs> I will almost guarantee that you won't like it. Like, don't get me wrong; they are they're good guitars. Uh, as much as I rag on them, they are like they're 
incredibly built. They're they're specced to a point that, like, you know they know what they're doing with them. Like, they they they're well thought about. But yeah. just because they are technically good on paper, it doesn't mean that they will resonate well with me. Yeah, no, and I I get that, but it'd be it'd be interesting to. Um, yeah, yeah, you've to, got a, a point of reference then, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, the other thing is James from James's Homotone is there, and um, oh, I've got James some is alleged stuff and pedal patch there, and obviously I've got two pedal or two sets of their stuff for my for my pedal boards. So yeah, um, Phil again, log absolute absolute geezer. You will you'll have a great time chatting with him. He's he's like so down to earth. Such a such a great man. So yeah, like these these are basically these are the things that I'm kind of really looking forward to. Like like I say, for a lot of these guys, it's because I've either bought their products or been talking to them online for a fair while it would just be nice to kind of put put names to faces uh, put yeah. faces to names even so i i, I need to go see um james's homotone as well um because he's recently started stocking string joy which is the string brand that blake wyland from the tone mob and the chasing tone podcast okay. um like he got on board with them and is now basically running that um, like string manufacturer, um, and James has now got them in stock. So, I, I will be making a beeline for James and and buying a set of those just to see what the, what the deal it's is. Hype is about. Yeah, yeah, and they've uh, they've recently announced the fact that they'll be doing a coated string, and I really like the idea of getting a coated string from a manufacturer who isn't. Um, elixir basically, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, like elixir strings are fine and they're they're all good. They they weren't a string manufacturer up until the fact that they made this coating for strings. They weren't a string manufacturer. <laughs> so, I I would rather be supporting like the the little kind of mum and pop version of a string manufacturer who I know. They will appreciate the the sales so so much more if I can get a coated string that lasts like the elixirs, but then is like, I'm supporting someone who who would really appreciate it. I'm every time I'm gonna go for that one. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware that that was a, a thing. Even I, I'm not a, a connoisseur of the the Jason Tone podcast. I'm not actually really a connoisseur of podcasts that much at the moment. Like <laughs> I go, I go whoa, through phases. I go through phases where I listen to like lots of podcasts and then kind of wane right yeah. the way down to not really having the time to listen. Like basically busy home and work life at the moment, so don't get much time to podcast. And then it, that'll kind of tail off, and then I'll go back to like I'll binge like six months worth of podcast output from like 15 or 20 podcasts i mean that's, that's one way of doing things isn't it? yeah I, i've um, always had like a consistently long uh commute to work so like podcasts have always been like ever since the the dawn of the days where we weren't even podcasting but we were listening to like the guitar and yeah. stuff it was always a, get, a way of getting through uh commutes for me yeah, no. Unfortunately, like I spend about fourteen minutes on the way to work, and if the podcast is an hour long, that means it's two days to listen to a full podcast. So I don't get through much on on days where I'm busy. Yeah, 
Um, and actually, a lot of the time at the moment, I'm actually taking work calls on the drive to and from work. So that's great fun. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the. Hang on, that seems like you... working before you work so that you can well, work while I mean, you work. Yeah, so, so a little bit behind the scenes, the company I work for has a branch in Singapore now. Um, and Singapore go offline at 9 a.m. So okay. <laughs> I might, if I need to speak to the guys in the Singapore office, I have to turn my laptop on, tether it to my phone, put it on the passenger seat and have the phone call whilst and it's hands-free. So, yeah. I'm in a fucking traffic jam, so it's not like I can have an accident. I, I yeah, don't it's go not, above 25 mile an hour. It's not technically fucking... illegal, but it's not, it's not legal. <laughs> Look, it's definitely not within that, that safe, like highway code safety zone, is it? Yeah, I mean, I never actually look at the thing. Like I say, I set it up before I go, and like, yeah, uh, yeah like, I the my job is three miles away from here, and at the time where I'm driving to work, I'm in a traffic jam for the entire three miles. Oh, that it sucks, takes about man. fifteen minutes to get fifteen minutes to do three miles, which is just ridiculous. Like it should take me four minutes to get to work. Yeah, I mean, you you're at the point where it it would probably take a similar time just to walk it. Yeah, but I'm fat, so I'd be really sweaty when I got there and no one would sit next to me. <laughs> oh, mate, like, my old job was a seven-minute drive away and I still, like, no, it was just, it, it was probably about a, an 11-minute walk. It was, uh, like, three to five minutes if I yeah. was feeling generous and I still drove it every day. So <laughs> you you are, you're preaching to the choir here, my man. But yeah, so like I, I don't, I just don't get the time to listen to podcasts like I used to. But yeah, if there's if there's a string manufacturer that is a small group, like, like local kind of, or even 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 if it's not local, like just a, a small group of people in the actual community, rather than a brand who weren't even a string manufacturer until they worked out they could coat the strings. Yeah, I mean, like hats off to them. They've they've done a the job of it. It's fine, and there are so many people that I know that use them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm one of them. I've used Elixirs since I found out they did the electric strings. I was already using their acoustic strings. I didn't know they did electric strings because the local shop didn't stock them. But I found out they did, and they did coated ones. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've pretty much moved over to them. And I think what I'll probably end up doing over this year is putting all my guitars with el- Elixirs or something coated on them. Because... yeah. Like the one thing that I found when going back to my guitars that I'd like played a couple of times and then put back in the gig bag is that the strings are knackered. I've had like a grand total of probably four or five hours of use out of them, whereas they should be lasting like days worth of use. Yeah. And they've like they've lost all all zing and and you need to fast fret them just to get them to a point where they're not horrible to Damn. play. Yeah. So, like, coated strings is the way forward with that, isn't it? It absolutely is. And like, like for me, I, like I say, I, I would, I'd be lucky if I could get two gigs out of, out of early ball slinkies, which is what I was using, super slinkies, whatever the yeah. nines was, because I've got quite corrosive sweat to the point where like it just damages strings if I use non-coated strings so like and like i say i I had a rotor sound set that didn't even last a full or they just about lasted a full gig because whatever it is that they're made out of just reacts 
badly with my sweat. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I have to go for coated. I don't particularly like the coating that it's any ball do some coated strings, and I just, it doesn't feel the same as the, the Alexas. Yeah. I think uh, Roto have started doing coated as well. Well, I, I couldn't tell you where to get them from. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, elixirs are so easy to get. Like, my local, so we've got a local guitar, or a local instrument shop again now. Yeah. Um, and they stock coated elixirs because everybody plays coated elixirs. Like, our fucking the record store over <laughs> here stocks coated elixirs. It's a record store. It sells vinyl and coated elixirs. Yeah, <laughs> it's the weird kind of Venn diagram. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it does like um, like guitar straps and guitar plectrums and stuff as well. But yeah, yeah. like the, the strings that it stocks are your Ernie Balls in the foil packets and yeah. Elixir Coateds because everybody uses them. Yeah, because like the reason why people buy Ernie Balls with the, the packet, like the silver packets, is because you've sold out of Elixirs. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the only time they're useful. Or because they've been playing them since the nineties and don't don't want to change. Yeah, yeah, like they're scared of <laughs> scared of new technology. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a few few places I think I, I want to go to. Um, Brom Guitar Show, like definitely, um, definitely having a chat with Fletch because I don't get to don't get as much a chance to see him anymore. And like he's an absolute gent and like. Just fully lovely chap. So I want to make some time to uh, to see him. I, I of course want to play some Loxleys again because um like, even though they're a, a bit pricey, they are like you can tell where the money's going with those. Because they're yeah. they're just they're really, really well crafted guitars. Yeah, and um, you say they're pricey, but for considering he's a one man operation, like a lot of people are charging twice that for Luthier built guitars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're they're competitive with like your production model Gibsons. Yeah. Um, For a handmade by one person from start to finish, you get all the updates with them. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not criticising him at all. He's, he's doing it like, very, very well. And, and like I say, the, the finishes on them, you would, you would think that they were made in a, like, in a professional way. They, they look so good. And they, they play and sound good as well. Um, yeah, they just they're, they're very good. So I'm, I'm gonna gonna see those guys definitely. Um, always catch up with with Taters because he's uh, as as much as we rag on him, <laughs> and we do, and as much, like he does it back to us. There's been hot takes on the on the um, the threat talk group where he just fully calls the bullshit, <laughs> and we love him for it. Like absolutely, that is his role. He's very much the the Matt that's not on the cast, isn't he? He's, <laughs> he's playing that heel role very well. Um, yeah. So, like, him and Phil, I, I always love catching up with those guys. And it sucks this year that I'm uh, that I'm having to sun myself for a week uh, and I won't be able to, like, do our usual um, pub on the, the Saturday where <laughs> we go to the Wellington and then they try and go away from the Wellington. And we we play that game where I just want to stay at the one pub because it's good. <laughs> and then we end up somewhere else and I'll get unhappy. <laughs> uh yeah. And it's never it's never as good. It's just never as good. Everyone 
everyone agrees with it. This place is shit. <laughs> and then the next year they do the same thing. Yeah, we, were, we were at the welly for fuck's sake. Let's not deviate from the plan. Well, I imagine they'll be going somewhere different this year because the location is different. Yeah, they might do. Yeah, actually. Oh. Nah, still good to the welly. <laughs> still good to the welly. I don't, I don't know, because uh, it's, what is it saying? Solihull. Solihull-ish. Yeah. Yeah, there's places in Solihull, but no, you you go from Solihull, like there's a, a good bus connection to Birmingham, then you get in the welly. <laughs> but yeah, um, who, else, who else am I going to schmooze with there? I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But there's... Say, like... I'm sure we'll be talking about it afterwards anyway. Yeah, we will. Uh, but log, I, I tend to use these um, these shows not really as a log <laughs> catch up on the gear. I love to catch up with the people. <laughs> I, all all of these people who are part of the community that we've built over these however many... I'm not even going to think of how many years we've been doing this it's podcast because it was fucking depressed. It's, come, it's genuinely it's coming up for six years this July. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh yeah. man, it's crazy. Yeah, did you say almost ten years of on the budget pedal chap channel. That's the Insta. I don't know when you started the YouTube yeah. channel. YouTube doesn't give me that, and for some reason, none of the things you know where you can check out other people's YouTube stats. Yeah. They wouldn't let me check any of it. So I was like, I wonder if it's just because your channel's less than 5K subs and I was checking like 100K sub channels and they wouldn't let me look at their view. Normally they, they're fine, but yeah, for whatever reason, maybe it's reading blocks in the Isle of Man now because YouTube like to do that a lot. Yeah, they really fuck you over, don't they? They fucking hate, yeah. Like, so I, I, don't, I can't look at your merch. I can't look at anybody in the UK's merch anymore. Um, I can look at people in the States' merch. <laughs> the fuck does that work? Um, also, until... Until December, I couldn't be a member of a channel. I couldn't. Um, is it YouTube Premium? Is that what it's called? Where you pay for yeah, no ads. no ads on YouTube. That only got released in the UK. Sorry, in the Isle of Man, like last December. So like, they really, really have a, a thing against the Isle of Man. You couldn't do super chats until that was a function either. So like, yeah, for whatever reason, Google don't like the Isle of Man. Are they afraid of money? Like. <laughs> I don't know what they're afraid of, but like, yeah, because they must be. They must be afraid. Like, of sure, surely it doesn't take that much to implement it. And what they're doing is basically cutting off a, a, a small but a, a a chunk of their revenue. Yeah, and like, okay, so we in terms of like all of those features, we're no different to England or Scotland or Wales or Northern Ireland or any any of the UK really like okay if if they had to ship things here and for the merch maybe you can say that, that that's more difficult i know that um the costs for um teespring links are shipping shipping is prohibitive here i had the problem with andy they initially had us down as a uk and now they've changed this and made us international which makes shipping absolutely ridiculous from teespring to the isle of man um, yeah we're, we're having to get around that <laughs> Yeah, so you, <laughs> I've had you get your merch shipped to you so that I can have some some of it, some of your merch because yeah, uh, <laughs> I I couldn't see the link and then when I finally because YouTube won't give me the link so you sent me the link and I went oh great got got all the way through to shipping and it's like eighty dollars shipping and I went nope <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> no. Fuck that. Fuck that noise right no, That's in twice what I want to spend on the products. Yeah. But I know I had I had similar issues with Andy's merch when I bought some off, off the um the Guitar Geeks channel and I had similar stuff with uh, somebody else that I used to watch their content of again. Teespring just don't like the Isle of Man. Yeah. What I'll eventually end up doing is I'll end up stocking it myself. Like I'll get enough revenue through from the Teespring thing and then I'll I'll print off a like a batch of a ten batch. of like large, extra large, like two, three yeah. XL. Because uh, ain't none of our asses fucking small. <laughs> I know I know that for a fact. I was gonna say you've been to this guitar show, you know who everybody is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll I might start at medium. Only get like five of them. Yeah, I was gonna say five medium, ten large, ten That's XL. It. That's it. Yeah, and, and then, then go five. go up the XLs. Because, <laughs> like, if like I'm a I'm a large, but I I could happily if if only XL was in stock, I could wear that. Yeah, but ain't no way I'm getting my ass into a fucking <laughs> small. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it works that way, not yeah. the other way. Yeah. Uh, so I'll end up stocking my own because th- that will reduce costs so much. It will reduce. Yeah. Because, like, I've I've looked at them and they are prohibitively expensive uh, bits of merch. Because, like, I'm having to charge X amount. I think it's something like close to twenty dollars for a shirt. Yeah, and like my percentage of that is very small. But then on top of that, they'll charge like premium shipping rates as well. Yeah, and I get I understand it because if they're printing one thing, they're having to set a, um, like a a printer for that one design once. Yeah, so I understand it, but it's like you end up paying twenty five dollars for a for a shirt, which is kind of like band merch style. Yeah, um, so I will try. I'll I'll try and like drive down the prices on that. I'll try and like order in a couple of mugs and stuff and get it to a point where I can charge something closer to normality. Yeah. Um but we're we we're only at the start of the journey with this at the moment. Like you like you said, it's like only just hit the two K subs and it's um less than a month since I was part of the YouTube partner program. So I was gonna say the partner program was this calendar year as well anyway, so it can't be more than six weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's where we are. Um, but I think that's that's our podcast for this week. End of the podcast time. Extending a thank you to our listeners. That is wonderful sound that's effects. The, that's there. The, the noise of the thank you. Indeed. The, it's me <laughs> extending the thank you. Is washing, so. We're extending a double extra special sexy thank you to our Patreon backers, who for as little as $2 a month, you can be part of that exclusive crew. Uh, they are they are the cool kids. They know this. We've got Mr. Andrew Bimson of Rising of the Lights. We've got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects, Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and the Just Surprise Me podcast. We have got Mr. Hugh G. Rection. We have got <laughs> Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. We've got Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast, of the Just Surprise Me podcast, and of Off the Rails podcast and we've got mr ross philpotts um i would like to <laughs> just give a little shout out to um 
Andrew Bibson, like an extra special shout out to Andrew Bibson this week for tagging me in a video uh, which has has brought to light an incredible uh, Facebook page. I think they're like a YouTube channel as well, um, which is called Your Name Sucks. <laughs> and he, he tagged me in a post, which was basically a video just saying my name and going, <laughs> like at the end, Your Name Sucks. Um, and... <laughs> Because so, I signed up to that one, it just so happened that the uh, the video for Lee came out today. So <laughs> I, I tagged Lee in that. <laughs> it's the purest, the purest joy is uh, is the your name sucks uh, thing. I might put a link in the um, in the podcast <laughs> in the group notes. if I if I can remember. Um, if not, I will definitely be tagging people. <laughs> In this, so <laughs> you, you'll you'll hear about it before long. Like it's it's like incredibly, it's just so British. It's like a punk song, just with <laughs> your name repeated for about a minute, and then your name sucks. <laughs> just just chef's kiss. Just the, the the most simple pure joy. Um, and so thank you, uh, Mister Bimson, for making me aware of that because <laughs> I I didn't know my life was missing it. Until now. And now you do. Yeah. Uh, what do we do after this? I tell people that they can find me at uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, don't I? At the Budgie Smuggler Chap. Budgie Smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get to a point where I'm just going to have to be pedal chap. <laughs> because there's there's more and more that are kind of creeping towards that $100 mark. Um, but for now, we are still what? the Budgie Pedal Chap. What you could do is grow the budget pedal chap enough where you can have a second channel, which is just the pedal chap. Oh, and mate, you that... Have your... your... <laughs> just look at your face. Yeah. I don't want to do more of this. I'm, well, I'm I already... mean, alternatively, you make Tuesday's pedal chap and Friday's budget pedal chap. Yeah, I can do, yeah. That, but that, that sounds expensive because that will require... Tuesdays, me sourcing a pedal that is over £100. <laughs> You've got some of them floating around, surely. Yeah, I think I do. I think I do. Um, but we'll see. We'll see as, as it pans out. I've got some ideas going forward anyway. But yeah, if you if you want to catch me, uh, YouTube is the home to the No Talk or Tone series, which uh, apparently is part of like 260 videos on the channel. Crazy. Yep. That's mental. And Matt, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at heel underscore MacQ on Twitter and Instagram. Booyah. Right. From myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. From Mr. Matt Quine. Say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Woohoo! <laughs> he did the thing. It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Good night. Bye. Bye. fired from my job as a taxi driver turns out customers don't appreciate it when you go that extra mile <laughs> yeah that definitely fits <laughs> <It does. laughs>